Greetings! Are there any creepy people in the house for today's episode of Sinister Sightings? Put in your earbuds and prepare yourself for the horrors as told by Donna and Carrie. <laughs> this is from Felicity of Catskill, New York. Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 116. Hey and I'm better she's worse. <laughs> still here though still kicking. Low low kicks. Low kicks low sexy voice. Okay. <laughs> well you know who has a sexy voice Felicity R who did that creepy ass intro. So good. I'm here for it. I'm- I loved it. It was like creepy witch mixed with like the Crypt Keeper. Yes. Like, you're reading my mind. Well, y'all know, you hear me say it every fucking week. If you want to do a bomb-ass intro like Felicity, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, let's just jump right in. The first one is, hey, ladies, hopefully this story is just enough creepy for you gals. My name is Ashley, and I live in Oshawa, Canada, and this story is from when I was around eight or nine. We used to go to my cousin's house almost every weekend, but this weekend would be one of the strangest. My cousins were eight or nine, and her younger brother was around five. We would always play in the basement, roller skate, play hide and seek, all the fun stuff you do at that age. Well, this weekend, we got to my cousin's house a little early, and my cousins weren't home from their aunts yet. So I just went downstairs to play before they got home and dinner was ready. As I was sitting in the basement, minding my own business, I hear a tap on the window. I look up, and I see a little blonde-haired boy. I go to the window and open it. And he's like, hey, my name's Andrew. Is Christine and Antonio home? I said, nope, sorry, they aren't home from their aunt's house yet. He smiled and said, oh, that's okay, do you want to play? Me being eight and not giving a shit that some random little boy wanted to play with me, I let him through the window. Mind you, it was one of those bay windows so you could fit inside. We played for a good half an hour, holding hands and rollerblading around the basement. After a little while, he said he needed to go home for dinner but would come back tomorrow for all of us to play together. I said goodbye and watched as he walked down the street to his home. My cousins came home and I told them that Andrew came over to play, but you weren't home and they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, we don't know an Andrew. Are you sure that was his name? I said, yeah, he lives in the house down the street. So we went over after dinner to the house, knocked on the door, and a nice lady came to the door and asked us what we needed. I proceeded to tell her that earlier in the day, I had played with her son, Andrew, and that my cousins were confused and thought I had made a mistake. The look on the lady's face sent chills down my spine. She started crying and said she did have a son named Andrew and that he drowned in the backyard pool a year ago. When I tell you my mouth dropped, it dropped to the floor. I had played with a little ghost boy, and I didn't even know it. Hopefully, it wasn't too long for you guys. I love y'all, and I hope you guys have a spooktacular Halloween. Holy shit. Ashley, oh my goodness. Yeah, you play with a little ghost boy. And how the fuck he know their names? Right? Could you imagine you... 
rollerblading with him and then like seeing y'all's reflection in the mirror and like you're holding the air hands with nothing yeah oh my god oh, that'd be a good movie moment uh-huh you could write that girl step away conjure and here comes donna <laughs> oh yeah let me tell you with my heavy breathing also who comes through the window unless you're the guy from clarissa explains it all or joey potter sammy when that's name oh it was also, I was thinking, how did he leave? Did he leave through the window, too, or did he leave through the door? Well, I think through the door, because she watched him go home. We guess. We don't know. She did watch him go home. No, I know, but oh. we don't know that that means that he left through the door. That's true. Okay, the next one is spooky story time. Hey, ladies, my name is Brittany, and I recently found your podcast, I am loving everything about it. I'm currently listening to y'all as I'm writing. I wanted to share one of my own spooky stories. It's a retelling from my childhood and I don't remember it happening. I was about three years old and my mom was very pregnant with my sister. My dad was at work so it was just my mom, our little weenie dog Abigail, and me at home at the time. I was playing in my parents' room and the dog was with me. My mom was in the kitchen making dinner. My mom said she could hear me talking and it sounded like I was having a conversation with someone. She peeped her head in the room that I was in and there I was talking to something in the corner. The dog was also looking in the same direction and growling at whatever it was. My mom asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm talking to that man. She said, um, what man, Brett? I pointed to the corner, rolled my little eyes and said, that man, mom. She said, uh, okay, well, what's his name? I turned to the corner, asked what his name was. His name's John Mason. Mom asked, what's he doing? I said, just watching me play. Oh, my God. Mom asked me what he looked like. I said, he's got funny clothes on and a hat, but not like Daddy wears. It's old, and he's got a big, long gun. So my mom says, hey, why don't we go see daddy at work? She picks me up and she nopes us the fuck out of there to go see my dad. We stay with him for a while. My dad is a deputy sheriff and he's seen a ton of spooky things in his career. I'll send those in later though. But anyway, he doesn't believe my mom when she tells him what was happening at home. He tells her I was probably pretending and there wasn't anything to be afraid of. It starts getting late. I'm only three and my mom's exhausted from having to waddle her pregnant ass around after me all day. So she decides it's time for us to go home. When we get home, she asks me if John is still in her room. And I'm like, well, yeah, mom, he's right there in the corner like before. She says, well, tell him he needs to leave because it's time for us to go to bed. I turn to John and say, my mom says it's bedtime, so you have to leave. Then I turn back to my mom and say, Mom, he won't go. You tell him. So my mom takes a deep breath and says to our friend in the corner, John Mason, it's very late and it's time for my little girl and I to go to bed. Could you leave so I can get her into bed, please? She waits for an answer and nothing. So she asks me if he's still there. I say, nope, he left right when you asked him to. Fast forward a few years ago when I heard my mom retelling this story to a family friend. It got me to thinking and I decided to research John Mason. Maybe I should back up a little. 
The town my family used to live in is actually three tiny towns all smushed together. Ironton, Arcadia, and Pilot Knob. Yup. In Missouri. It takes you literally three minutes to drive through all together. Anyway, during the Civil War, there was a battle in Pilot Knob. Remember how I said that John Mason wore funny clothes, a hat, and had a long gun? Yes, John Mason was a Union soldier who had passed away during the battle. He's on the list of soldiers that fought in that battle. Talk about mind blown. Damn. I was shocked when I saw that name on the list. Anyway, that's one of my creepy stories from my childhood. I have lots more to share with you guys, like my grandma visiting our house after she passed away. And we could smell her perfume on her dogs that came to live with us when she passed. Also, how I moved back to the same town I saw John Mason in. One time I was in the shower and a hand smacked the curtain in towards me and it wasn't my boyfriend that did that, like I had thought. Oh, and I can't forget about those stories my dad has while he was on his shifts patrolling. Anywho, thank you so much for reading my story. I hope this wasn't too long and that you enjoyed it. Stay beautiful, Brittany. Wow. Can you imagine just being like, so... I'm going to need you to go. Thanks for stopping by. Who can sleep after being like, oh, yeah, I told a ghost to get out of here. No, not me. No. Well, I like to think that I could because, you know, sleep is, I usually can sleep. But I don't know. Talking to a ghost, I probably wouldn't be able to. (laughs) Well, you sound like a badass. Your dad sounds like a badass. Your mom is a badass. All of them. Your dog was a badass. I have a fat ass. <laughs> and definitely send in all the rest of those stories. Okay, the next one. Sinister sighting stories. Hi, ladies. Y'all are my favorites. Thanks for brightening up my days. Just to keep things balanced, I thought I'd share one true crime story and one paranormal. Feel free to shorten as needed. True crime. I've had chronic illnesses and pain for seven years now and took a semester off of college a couple of years ago because I couldn't get out of bed anymore. I moved back in with my parents, who both worked. I would be home alone with my two dogs until 4 p.m. every day. The only time I left my house or even my bed was to walk my dogs around 1 p.m. One particular day, my dad had stayed home with me to drive me to a doctor's appointment. We walked the dogs together that day, my dad taking Fez and me taking Slushy. Fez hadn't pooped after about 15 minutes, but Slushy had, so my dad said he'd continue walking Fez and I could take Slushy home. I agreed and turned around to head back home. Let me take a minute to describe the setup of my backyard. There was a neighborhood behind my house, but we had a line of trees separating us from that neighborhood. If you walk past the trees, the only place you could be going is my house. Well, I made it about halfway through my backyard on my way to my back door when I got the distinct feeling to turn around. I hadn't heard anything, but I turned around anyway. As I turned around, I saw a tall man walking quickly toward me from the tree line. He had a baseball cap pulled down over his face, so all I could see was his dark blue jacket, his jeans, boots, and his hands. I ran as fast as I could to my unlocked back door and bolted inside with slushy following. I locked the door and ran upstairs without looking back. I called the police and waited for my dad so I could unlock the door. The police never found the man, and I still don't know why he was following me. 
What scares me is the idea that he could have been watching me the whole time and known I was supposed to be home and walking the dogs that time of day. We may have many large windows on the back of my house, and at the time, I had no curtains on my bathroom windows, which faced the back of the house. I definitely insisted on curtains after that. The Paranormal My sister, Nicole, has always been able to see and communicate with spirits. I'll make her write some of her stories in. She loves this podcast almost as much as I do. I'd been waiting for some results of some medical testing I had done, and I was really hoping for a positive diagnosis after not having one for six years prior. When I got the results, they came back negative. I still had no idea what was going on with my body. I was incredibly discouraged and frustrated. I hadn't told anyone yet because I was still trying to process. I got a text from Nicole that afternoon, and she started how she always does when she has a message— Give me a call when you have a chance. I called her when I was out of class, and she said the spirits just wanted me to know that they love me and they hold me on a pedestal and think I am so, so cool and they're so proud of me. She went into more detail that I can't remember now, but it was exactly what I needed to be able to feel a bit better and feel comfortable. She has always said that my grandpa is my spirit. He loves to be with me because he thinks I'm funny and he can relate to my health issues as he struggled similarly. That day, she had a special message just from him. I am forever grateful that she has this gift and is so willing to be open about it. The spirits always know when we need them and whether or not you have a Nicole, they are always looking out for you and comforting you. That's all, ladies. Thanks for reading Creep It Real and Don't Get Scared. Sophie. I want a Nicole. I want somebody just to be able to be like, this is what Spirit said today. <laughs> That's um, that app that always comes for Fucking me. Fucking co-star, man. Yeah, but I want somebody to be like, no, specifically, your grandpa said. <laughs> yeah. And it not be complete and utter shit. Like, it, you know, it not be somebody like trying to get something from you or, you know, like it not be like a fucking Miss Cleo. Did we R. find R. out? Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not fucking fake. It's, you know? Yeah. And I'm so glad you got fucking curtains. That's what's, like, oh, if you have, like, a really nice view that you don't want curtains to mess it up, or you think you're secluded, and you're like, oh, but you're not. No, I know. Think Like, if you had, like, this gorgeous, like, lake house or what? No. I just want those, um, well... I just want to be able to afford the big lake house, but I would also want the clicker curtains like on um, the proposal. I know they have it on other movies and stuff too, but with (laughs) Sandra Bullock, whatever, she just like kick and like all the curtains just close. I want that kind of money. Right. People are like, "Uh, they sell those on Amazon. (laughs) Not the lake house. Sinister sighting self-made question mark. Hey ladies, I'm Brittany and I'm originally from Michigan and the lovely U.S. Navy has taken me all over the states and home right now is currently California. I just happened to stumble upon your podcast because I was all caught up on Crime Junkie and was looking to find a podcast to fill my empty and impatient as fuck true crime slash paranormal slash creepy hard. Anyways, love y'all. I always put my two cents in when I'm listening to your podcast and my boyfriend just side eyes me like a crazy person and says, you know, they can't hear you, right? What does he know? So my sinister sighting is a bit strange to me. 
I grew up Catholic in a Hispanic household, meaning that they were full of superstitions and their version of brujeria, but denied it as a witchcraft, that it was like family traditions or something. I don't know. Anyways, I was an only child for nine years, only grandchild for four on both sides of my family. So naturally, I had to learn how to keep myself entertained. And like most imaginative children, I, quote, made up an imaginary friend, and his name was Pedo. Oh. And from what I can recall, he wore green. He was head to toe in a green long sleeve shirt and green pants, I think. But he was taller than me. Well, according to my mom, I would talk to him and take him places, and I wouldn't let anyone sit in his seat or where I said he was standing. Then, one day, she said I got mad at him, threw him out the window in a moving van, and he never came back. I'm not going to lie. Other than knowing his name and remembering what he looks like, I don't remember any of this. And, of course, my creepy little heart needed more information because what if it was a spirit? My mom refuses to talk about him. She just tells me, you threw him out a window, and that was that. And everyone else in my family won't talk about it either. So what the hobgoblins, I googled demons, spirits, poltergeists, and I even looked up the old property we lived on. But he always went with me everywhere. I want to know, did I make it up? Why won't anyone talk to me about it? Why can't I remember it? Did I make him all up? I have no clue. But I do have other strange encounters, but this was a long email. Y'all rock, creep it real, and don't get scared. Much love, Brett. What did you say that thing's name was? I probably just mispronounced it. Pete O. Pete O, like pedo, like... No, like Pete O. Okay. Like Pete O. Like Cheerio Pete O. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that's probably why nobody wanted to talk about it. Oh, maybe. I don't know, but that's that's strange that no one wants to talk about it. I love that. What the hobgoblins... I don't know, but I want to hear all about your strange encounters. Maybe somebody will talk to you about it eventually. Okay, the next one is called Someone's in the Kitchen with Dinah. Okay, not the last part, but just somebody's in the kitchen. Hello, beautiful babes. My husband, Karen, turned me onto this podcast just before the pandemic, and I have listened to every podcast to get myself caught up. I love the paranormal so, so much, as well as true crime. So, I've got some ghost stories from a few different times in my life, and I thought I should share. My hubby, though, he used to live in a haunted house and has crazy stories but refuses to tell them. I keep begging him, but he won't. So, I'll try to get them to send them to you, but until then, I'll send mine. When I was going into the third grade, my very young parents bought an old home just south of Niagara Falls, Canada. We were so excited to have so much space as we lived in a townhouse before with barely any yard. The woman who sold us the house was Miss Blow. Question mark? Blow? Blow? Anyway. And her husband had passed away, so she was alone. She moved two doors down from us. She was so kind and wanted to hold out to make sure the house was going to a young family. So we moved in the summer of 1992. Getting used to an old house took some time. Having the door blow open, hearing creaks on the floor, etc. Every time the front or the back door would open by itself, we would just say, Oh, Mr. Blow's home. Growing up there wasn't really scary to me. Of course, little kids have the odd night that they are scared, or demons you can't see, or scared of the dark. 
But generally, we never had bad feelings being there. Well, you just threw demons in there. I don't know. One summer morning, I woke up way too early for a summer day, but I heard someone doing dishes and cooking. I could hear the crackling sound of bacon, and I could swear I could smell it too. I got up out of bed to get some of that yummy breakfast, but when I got downstairs, there was nobody there. Everyone was still asleep, and nothing was moved or cooking in the kitchen. I chalked it up to me hearing things, or I imagined it. My dad is always doing work on the house, and over the years, the house looks very different to what it once was. One of the projects my dad did was to turn a very large empty space into a shower room. He is great at what he does, but sometimes he doesn't complete it properly. So the door to the shower room was loose, and you had to pull it to get the door to latch. My dad was taking a shower one day, and you could hear the doorknob rattling. He yelled, hey, I'm in here, but the doorknob kept moving. He yelled again to whoever was in there, but it didn't stop. It got to the point where my dad got out of the shower, strapped on a towel, and opened the door, only to have an empty hallway on the other side. During more of the renovations, my dad told us that he found old pictures of Mr. Blow standing in that same room. Later on, when I was grown and married, we were having a fire out in the backyard. The kitchen lights facing the yard were on, and we were chatting and laughing. Suddenly, I saw a dark figure in the kitchen window, but when I looked directly at it, there was nobody there. This happened over and over, and I told everyone what I was seeing. My parents just shrugged it off to some spirit needed something to eat or drink. So, this is years and years later. My brother got married last week, and we were talking at the wedding about random things, and I told him the kitchen story. He looked at me like he had seen a ghost and proceeded to tell me that he was in the basement watching TV, waiting for my mom to get home from work. It was still early yet for her to be home, but he heard someone in the kitchen making a lot of noise, like more noise than most people make doing the dishes or normal kitchen things. He said it went on for so long that he went up the stairs that led to the kitchen to check it out and nobody was there. It was cool to hear that someone else had the same experience as me and that it was this recent. Hope you liked my story. I have a few more stories about living with an ex in Niagara Falls and being touched by something I couldn't see. And I'll try my hardest to get my hubby stories out of him to share too. Keep up the podcast. Love you guys lots. Creep it real. Cassandra. I don't, why is it so cool to, when you hear people be like, oh, I lived in Niagara Falls. Like that just sounds so, like people live there. I know. I'm like, I, I don't, know. I've never even been there. You live there. In like a quaint little freaking cottage house that I just picked. I don't know why I picture it like a cottage. I don't even think she said cottage, but that's what I picture. <laughs> but I picture like mossy steps. Like it felt a picture like very cold and damp with like mossy steps. You are obsessed with like the holiday. You love cottage stuff. Yes. I mean, I don't want the ghosts that go along no, with her you. cottage. The, uh-uh. It's not probably not an actually cottage, but I don't want the ghosts. No, thank you. I mean, unless they actually make bacon, because I'm here for that. But I don't even want them if they make bacon. Fake bacon, definitely not there for that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, the next one is creepy things kids say. Ooh, I love these. Hey, ladies. First, let me say I love your podcast. My sisters and I listen to you all the time, and I tell everyone I know to listen as well. Okay. Now for my creepy story. 
I live in an apartment in my grandmother's house. Growing up, my sister and I lived here with our mom. When we were small, we would always call the closet in the bedroom the scary closet. No reason why, but I remember always getting a creepy feeling near it. My entire family has experienced unexplained things here, so when moving in, it was in the back of my mind. When my older son was around three or four years old, his bed was near the door of the bedroom. When I would put him to bed at night, I would continue to do my nightly chores. And if I walked past the bedroom, he would yell out, Hey mom, I see you walking past the door. Or, Hey mom, I see you doing the laundry. Just so I knew he was awake. It was a common occurrence. Well, one night at freaking 3 a.m., I hear my son yell out, Hey mom, I see you standing in my closet. What? And my blood ran freaking cold. Forget fear farts, I almost fear shot myself as I slowly walked into his room to investigate. I didn't see anything, and there he was, smiling at me. Then he said, how did you do that? And I asked him, what did I do? In the most calm voice I could muster, when he replied, you were standing in the closet, then you walked right through the wall. He also told me I was wearing a red shirt and black leggings. I later went to a paranormal event at our town's library and discussed the events with them, and they said it might have been my doppelganger. But I don't think those are good, and my son didn't seem scared in the least bit. I was gifted a St. Bridget's cross for my uncle, and it's said to ward off evil spirits from a house. That definitely helped for a bit. I have more stories about living in this house, as well as working in a hundred-year-old church that I'll share at a later time. Thank you for all the time you spend on this podcast. It's my favorite. Creep It Real, Jen from Long Island, New York. I don't know if that kid says that as creepily as you read that. I don't know if creepily is a word, but... It's a word. If it's not, you did a good job reading that because... Thank you. Ooh. uh Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't want to hear that. The I see you in my closet. She's not in your closet. Oh, gosh. The call's coming from inside the house. Ugh. Kids say the darndest thing. Mm-mm. They sure shit do. I love that kind of shit. Oh, that's so creepy. Okay, the next one is called Followed by the Unseen. Hi, ladies. Huge fan. I have a lot of experiences, so I will get straight to the point. When I was about seven years old, I'd hear tapping sounds inside my bedroom. I heard it on the walls, on my bed frame, and it would only make the sound at night and when I was alone. I cried for my stepdad, and he'd wait in the dark to hear it, and it wouldn't do it. One night, I was so tired of it, I said, shut up. It stopped tapping. Then it started tapping louder and faster. I would hear whispers in my ear and my name, Michelle, in my ear. And finally, my parents switched me rooms because I complained so much. My mom then said she heard it. A couple of years later, I'm 11, and this all was still going on, and I went into the living room to watch cartoons. And I see a black, see-through cat walking across the floor and disappear. I told myself, I'm just tired, and sat back on the couch and turned on the TV. 
Next thing, I see the black cat jump out of my mom's empty wicker basket she had on the floor, and as soon as its paws hit the ground, it disappeared. I knew this was not just me being tired. I'd have nightmares all the time. And at 13, I was in the shower shaving my legs, and I felt an iced cold chill touch the top of my back down to the bottom of my back. It felt like fingers caressing me. I jumped up so damn fast and looked at the window to see if it was cracked open, and it wasn't. I opened the shower curtain to see if the door was open. It wasn't. I take hot, steamy showers, you guys. There was no way that was a draft. We ended up moving, and I started to have sleep paralysis and feel things grabbing at me, pulling, touching me, and I couldn't move. I was so scared all the time at night, and I never slept without a nightlight or the light on. This happened into my 20s and followed me to Palm Springs, where I moved with my then-boyfriend. One night, we were sleeping, and I felt him tapping my back, and I said, what, without turning around? He didn't respond. I ignored it and tried to go back to sleep to be woken by it again. Someone poking my back in the same spot, like it was trying to wake me up. After the third time of this, I was annoyed and jumped up and said, What? My boyfriend was turned around the opposite way, sound asleep. I was like, great. It followed me here. Another night, we ended up sleeping in the living room one night. It was so hot. I was laying down on the long couch, and he was on the opposite of me in a recliner. We both opened our eyes at the same time. I looked towards the hall, and this big black mass looked like a volleyball flew from the hall to the side of me, slamming into the vertical blinds. The crash shook both of us, and we got up to look for the object, and nothing was there. We were both terrified and never found what it was that hit the blinds so hard. Lastly, the scariest thing that happened to me to this day and had me packing my bags and moving and leaving my boyfriend was this. Picture it. It's nighttime and I'm spooning my man about to fall asleep when I get this creepy feeling like something is in the room. I felt like I was being watched. So I look behind me and I see something right next to me. It's like a person kneeling in a prayer position on its knee and its hands and arms are resting on the bed and its head and chin are resting on its hands like it's just kneeling there, comfortable, just staring at me. I was staring at it for a long time, assuming it was something like a laundry basket or maybe clothes I didn't put away, trying to explain it away, but knowing it wasn't that. I prayed it wasn't someone that broke in and was going to hurt me, but it was smaller than an adult. A child, maybe? I tried to wake up my man and was pinching him, tickling him, shaking him, even grabbing his ding-dong because the motherfucker wouldn't wake up. I think this thing put him in a dead-ass sleep because not even me pinching his balls woke him up. Anyway, after forever of staring this thing down, I told myself that I needed to hit it to see if it would react because I was exhausted and I needed resolution. It's fight or flight and I'm a fighter, but I was scared. So I get the courage to elbow this thing and I freaking hit it and it didn't move. My scared-ass felt it was a person, and I passed the hell out from fear because all I know is I woke up the next morning and my boyfriend was making breakfast in the kitchen and nothing was there. 
My laundry basket was in the corner far from the bed, and to this day, I'll never know what the hell that was. If it wasn't a person, because it would have to have reacted, or maybe if someone broke in and I don't think their intentions were to have a staring contest, I don't know if it was an entity, because in my head, ghosts are cold and you can't touch them. Or can you? Only God knows. Anyway, ladies, thank you for the amazing podcast. I will write more of what happened to me down the line because it didn't end here. Love you and creep it real. I'm still freaking scared. Michelle. Michelle, I don't, I don't fucking know what that means. No. But oh holy my crap. God. You need some, you need some help. <laughs> Not, I mean, like, like for Dang real, y'all. like, no, like you, you, you need, um, people that I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. You know what I mean? Like, that's beyond my pay grade. (laughs) It had to put your boyfriend in some kind of trance because if you do anything to a man's balls other than, like... Lick them. Suck them. Uh-huh. Even then, they're going to be paying attention. Yeah. Like, you'll get some kind of reaction. So, I don't know what it did to... I, I don't know. Maybe it was an alien. Of course I go there. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but the tapping thing. True. I don't know. And, like, it, again, you've had all of that with the house and everything. So, it wasn't an alien. I just, you know, balls, trance. I just got excited. I had to probe that, you know, theory. My plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing activities where balls fly at my nose. <laughs> there goes your social life. What movie? Clueless. <laughs> okay, y'all. Last one. Hey, lovely ladies. I'd just like to start out by saying that I've sent in a few stories, which I'm still excitedly waiting to hear you read. In my second story, I decided to use a fake name, which kind of made me feel like a spy with an alter ego. Lockdown makes you crazy, am I right? I also wrote in a third story at 5 a.m. while on a night shift and sleep deprived and totally blew my cover. Worst spy ever. (laughs) But the APC community is amazing, so I'm cool with it. Anyway, my story today started about four years ago. I was dating this guy and quote unquote love made me blind to his doucheness. One day he decided to show me off and took me to the local pub to introduce me to his friends. I had bad anxiety, which, surprise, surprise, he suddenly made it worse, so meeting his friends was nerve-wracking, but I made it through. Then he walked towards a solid-built, bearded, grumpy, yet handsome-looking guy. Intros were made, and when I said hi, I was met with this blank stare, and, and, ugh. What? Yeah, Righto, I thought, and left it at that. Later, over a beer, I asked one of my new found friends, what's his deal? He's an Iraq vet, she started, looking over at him sadly. He doesn't say much, but he's here, so we're happy with that. Months went by, and things between me and King Douche deteriorated, and eventually we ended things, but due to his financial situation, I let him continue living at my house until he got back on his feet. But it was a nightmare, so I would spend as much time out of the house as possible, and I found myself returning to the pub. Due to his mental health issues, he didn't want to go out in social situations, so it was a perfect hiding spot. 
My friendship with the girl I'd met before had grown over the last few months, and surprisingly, I'd even managed to have a convo or two with Sir Grunelod, which even though I'm a shit spy, I'll try and keep his name just M. We all noticed that M would get closer and closer and join in our combos, and he even started smiling. Over the months, we got even closer, even going back to his place after the pub for coffee. Okay, ma'am. Romance blossomed, and then I realized, shit, I'm catching feels for this man. And then it all stopped. He stopped asking me around as much, gave me blunt answers through messages, And one night even booted me out of the house at 10 p.m. Fucking men. But I had more important things to worry about. I had been diagnosed with DID a few years earlier, and now my 8-year-old was showing signs of it as well. And due to all the emotional trauma I'd been through the last year, my main altar was popping up more and more to, quote, give me a break. Now the weird part... I started seeing a shadow out of the corner of my eye. Over the next week, the shadow formed into where I could see features. About a six-foot-tall, balding man wearing what looked like to be a trench coat. I didn't feel any fear when he was around, and in fact, I felt peace. Like everything was going to be okay. Like I would hear in my mind, like everything's going to be okay. Follow him. And the last thing I heard him say was an instant before I passed out after drowning my sorrows in a bottle of black Sambuca was, sometimes he can be a bit of an idiot, in a thick, accented voice, then blackness. Then, suddenly, I was sitting in a chair outside at M's house being punched, lightly but firmly, by my friend T, screaming, "'Where the fuck have you been? We've been looking for you for days!' After I had blacked out, I had altered and was her for days. I just needed to be here was all I could get out. Then panic set in. Where's X, my eight-year-old son? He's inside with mom, M said confused. I wandered inside and through the living room, which I had never been in before, only M's bedroom. And on my way, there was this big photograph on the wall. Who's that? I asked with the realization that this was a man I'd been seeing. That's my husband, his mother said. He's been gone for almost eight years now. And three years later, I'm still here. My house sat empty for a year before I put it up for rent and officially moved in. Weird stuff kept happening and I eventually opened up to his mother about it. She 100% agreed with me that he's still in the house and he helped me find me the strength to not give up on their son. He knew that we were meant to be together and didn't give up until we both, mainly M, realized it. As for him going cold on me all those months prior, he had heard rumors that me and the ex were getting back together. Oh, hell no. And he didn't want to get hurt. I'm happy to say that I've only altered once since then, but that's not to say I haven't struggled. But M has a unique sense of knowing when shit's about to go down and can diffuse the situation before it begins. A ghost helped me find the love of my life, and I'm so glad that my father-in-law is still around. Just wish I got to meet him in the flesh, though. Wow. Whoa. Like, insert Joey Lawrence. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Well, I'm glad you got some answers because I fucking hate when people ghost you. I mean, I've done it, but I mean, I'm just saying I still hate it. I was about to say, you are a ghoster. No, I'm not like a ghost ghoster, though. I mean, I've done it, but I mean, not not like every time. Once a ghost. Nuh-uh. Yes. If I've you've never done go- it once, you done it. I've never ghosted Colby. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> as soon as you said you were going back to that pub, I was like, ooh, she gonna get with the huh guy. Or whatever he did. Ugh. Or, ugh, or whatever sound you made, Donna. Damn, you were making it sound like sexy almost. Like the, huh, I'm strong. But he was like, ugh, I could give two shits. And she was like, okay, I don't fucking need you. And then she was like, but I do. But, uh, hey, boy. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know either. Oh, God. These stories were amazing this week. Some really fucking creepy shit, y'all. Some of y'all got some some serious shit happening. Again, beyond our fucking pay grade. Like, I have no advice on some of these. Like, so, like some of these are comments are so short because like, like, I literally have nothing to say because I don't fucking know. Like, I'm a stumbling, jumbling mess because I don't fucking know. Yeah, and I'm just a heavy breather over here with all the complaints and snot. Yeah. So thank y'all so much for sending these stories in. Also, thank y'all so much for all the kind words at the beginning of the stories. They really do mean so much to us. I know we don't stop and say every single time, thank y'all for that. But it really does mean a lot from us, especially on tough days. And we really do appreciate y'all telling everyone about our podcast, how you say, I told my such and such and we got to get their stories sent in because they listen to y'all too. And that means so, so much to us. So thank you so much for all of your love and support. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.